It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Talking City podcast. A jubilant pair here as City battered United yesterday at Old Trafford. And a little bit of a disclaimer before we start, there is a leaf blower outside. (laughs) A person using a leaf blower, I should say. So uh, if you hear some outside noise, we apologise for that one. But the vibe is good here at um, MEN City headquarters. And I'm joined by your chief Manchester City writer to discuss the demolition job yesterday. Si, how you doing, mate? Yeah, I could, yeah. Just trying to think if we could sort of build the leaf blower into anything. But no, I think just, yeah. The leaf blower is there and we will have to put up with it. Although it's stopped now, so that's yeah. nice. Or maybe it's just moved away. As City are moving away from United, <laughs> we got there in the end, but it's terrible. Right, we did. Move on. Um, yeah, where to start, really? Now I'm just thinking leaf blower. Uh, so City obviously went to Old Trafford yesterday on the back of a 3-1 win. Impressive 3-1 win. We'll get straight into it um, against young boys. Um I'd have to say going into the game, I think we're just talking what we were talking beforehand. I was a little bit more, I was thinking to myself, Man United can definitely get something here on the back of last season where, you know, their form wasn't great. City were probably, you know, similar position as they were, you know, as they were this as they are this season, I should say. And Man United with the vibes and everything, not talent on the pitch, but were able to get the job done. So I was a little bit more nervy. How were you feeling going into the game? Were you confident? It was similar to recent years where you think that City should get the job done because of the better team, but you never know because it's a derby and like last year, um, obviously United won with a hugely controversial decision and there were kind of all the stats that came out on Saturday or overnight about United having uh, City having no penalties at Old Trafford in 30 years and one in the last 53. and um, But you kind of felt like if City played to their potential, um, they would win or close to the potential. Um, and as it turned out, they didn't really need to play anywhere near as well as that because United were so bad, but they they got the job done. Very good win. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, was it 
I mean, we'll get onto this and, and we don't want to skip ahead too too much, but do you think it was a case of City just being too good for them? Or do you think it was a case of Man United just being absolutely atrocious yesterday? No, I think I think you've got to give City the credit. And I think as well, I'm, if, if that game is played last week, I'm not sure City are as good as they were. You know, um, speaking to Guardiola after the game, he was like, the Brighton game was so important for us to win. Because, you know, we, we didn't make a lot of it when they'd lost to Wolves and Arsenal because it's like, it's so long to go. And he said they didn't. But if they hadn't beaten Brighton, then it's three losses in a row. And he said, like, doubts would have started to creep in. But they beat Brighton. Then the performance against Young Boys was even better. And that, like, really, really delighted Guardiola. Um, and those two wins gave them the platform to to put on that performance at Old Trafford, which I don't think they would have done necessarily had um, had it been before those two wins. You know, I'm not sure Grealish plays with as much confidence if he's not been man of the match at Young Boys three days before. So, so things came together for City. And, you, you know, you can obviously talk for about two weeks about how bad United were, but City were good and, you know, earned their... Their three goals could have had a lot more. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, when you saw Grealish and Fadoku, did you agree with that? I, I personally agreed with it because I, with Grealish, there just seems to be just that element of control. You know, he draws players in, doesn't he? It can be two players, can be three players at, uh, at a time. feels right now that Doku is part of this city, city setup. Of course he is, but he still feels like a bit of an individual. He's got a unique talent, hasn't he, in that city side. And Grealish is a little bit more of the mould and he looked so good offensively and I think he was a big part of that yeah and I, I I would have played Grealish even before his performance against Young Boys but I think his performance against Young Boys helped kind of a lot of people to be more okay with Guardiola picking him instead of Doku because like you say Doku is great and has individual brilliance but City um, are better and have had great success as a team and a collective and Grealish kind of helps the team tick when he's playing well, which he hasn't been great at the start of the season. But um, that is the kind of thing. And like, you know, I got dogs abused in midweek for saying that Nunes wasn't wasn't great. But it's like, it was telling that 10 of the 11 starters on Sunday have been at the club for at least a year. And the and the weakest player on the City team was the only one that, that hadn't. So this was a team who have played together before and have experience of winning things and winning big games and knowing what all their teammates are doing. And that kind of organisation and quality was like far too good for United. Mm. I mean, the atmosphere was interesting at Old Trafford, wasn't it, yesterday? Obviously, there was the, you know, the 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 respect paid to, obviously, Sir Bobby Charlton. And it was, uh, I don't know, it felt a little bit, quiet and then it sort of filtered into the game a little bit didn't it it was uh, I don't know it, it didn't feel as frantic yeah so it, I mean we're in the press box we are closer quite close to the away sports so we can always hear them kind of more loudly than you can at other grounds but um it's the quietest I've heard the home the home ends at United for a, a long old time it just felt like they were resigned to losing which I know you know many United fans were but but also they had so little to to shout about there was so little that United did well you know, I think the biggest cheer in the first half was for like Harry Maguire winning a header against Haaland in the middle of the pitch and it's like well done but he still scored and then added another in the second half it, it was just like they had 
little to cheer about, but it really felt like it. Uh, again, I don't want to turn this into a, a United podcast, but it it kind of felt like there has been sort of like backing for the manager and the players, even with their wider situation. And then yesterday, they were sort of like, actually, there's nothing to celebrate from the manager and the players today because kind of nobody did the jobs well. And City were just allowed to sort of embarrass them, really. City, the City supporters were absolutely gleeful. Like, they couldn't believe it. They were watching amazing football and just getting to chant Old Trafford's falling down and whatever else they wanted for for, for 90 minutes. And uh, there wasn't really any kind of response to them on or off the pitch. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we spoke just a little bit about Grealish there previously. And, you know, we were talking about the lineup. The synergy between him and Bernardo was really impressive. And even in that first half when, I mean, City was dominant in the second half, I feel the second half was just just a joy to behold. But the first half, they took a while to get into it a little bit. But it was interesting, wasn't it? Because you'd see Grealish going central. Bernardo was playing so wide left at one point and they were just interchanging. You feel that relationship between those two was causing Man United all sorts of problems. Yeah, and that's um, something you also get with Grealish's like high levels of football intelligence. Like I know he doesn't come across off the pitch like he's the brightest, but his footballing brain is incredible, and his ability to link up with Bernardo Silva was amazing. Like the best player on the pitch, but being on the left like took a lot of people by surprise because he's not really played there for City this season at all. He's been central with Rodri deeper or out wide right, so to be on the left probably took United by surprise. And they couldn't cope with with Grealish and and Silva sort of combining. Especially, I mean, United didn't didn't track their men very well anyway. But um, you know, it was Grealish to Bernardo who crossed for Haaland for that big chance at the end of the first half, and then the same for for the second goal. So you know, it was it was a fruitful partnership all afternoon, and United never really got a hold of it. And it was it was funny because obviously you know we'll get we'll get into the goals, but. Even the second goal, you'd seen that pattern of play, hadn't you? Grealish getting the ball and obviously Bernardo overlapping, crossing that one in. Yeah. Forced Onar into a wonderful save in the first half. But that obviously was the exact same pattern of play for the, the second goal as well, wasn't it? And it was, it was just constant repetition. You can see why with Guardiola, why he's so obsessive about movement, can't you? And it's, yeah. it was it's replicated there, really. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> obviously it helps if, if Erling Haaland is unmarked with about... 40 football fields of space to to head the ball into but um yeah that is you that is the benefits of good players and good coaching yeah 100% um the the penalty <laughs> i obviously you know the city hat on 100% of penalty rodri was going to get to the ball and knock it in um or, or or force a save out of onana i did think to myself you do see those a lot week in week out um whether or not those challenges should be pulled up is a different conversation but it's the consistency conversation again isn't it and we see these so often in football and they're not given um there's probably many instances even in that game that we didn't pick up on what, what were your thoughts on the penalty? I, I thought when it happened that it's the penalty and then you watch it on replay and you think yeah that's probably a penalty and then you sort of learn of like Sky going big on it at half time saying it wasn't a penalty, but also like Hoyland should have dived in another situation. So it's, um, I can see that, yeah, they're not always given 
often not given. But I'm not sure that's an excuse for not giving a penalty. Um, I can't, like, I genuinely don't know what the conversation was between the referee and the VAR. And I feel like a lot of people don't know what the conversation was, but have made big claims about what happened anyway. But well, well when I saw it, it was, it was really interesting because you, I felt it went to VAR. Rodri made a big deal out of it. Grealish was going nuts. Yeah. And it's weird how it works, isn't it? You wonder if, if they hadn't have gone, you know, if Rodri yeah. had kept it under wraps. And it yeah. Although, although I do think that you can often tell by the reaction of the players whether they think it's a penalty and, you know, City don't always react like that. I kind of assumed that um, Paul Tierney, the ref, hadn't seen it. And so Michael Oliver was saying, come and have a look at this because I think it's a um, a foul. I know on match today they were talking about it was um, Michael Oliver thinking that Rodri would have got there. Um, and I'm not sure he would have done. Um, yeah, I don't think he would. He'd have maybe been a half a yard off, but I'm not sure he'd have got that. I don't think he's that quick. Yeah, but like I think um, Ty tweeted at the time, like if you put your arm around an opposition player in the box and stop them getting the ball, you can have zero complaints if they give a penalty against you. It was all. It was also I felt it in a strange sort of way. He was quite reckless as well because he was almost looking yeah, yeah. at the free kick. Yeah, and. Rodri made a really intelligent run and he thought, oh, hold on. And yeah, uh, you, you know, know if, you, if you stick your arm up in the box and it hits your hand, you can argue, oh, well, they, they didn't give that last week for Wolves against Sheffield United. But it's like, well, you've stuck your arm up in the box. What, what more do you think can, can happen to you? So, and especially, I thought there was some goal from United coming out and saying, you know, this was never a penalty after the refereeing call they got last season in this very game. And like... You know, Guardiola said afterwards, well, it's the first penalty they've had in since 1992 at Old Trafford, so they're probably due one. I can think of, like, several incidents from the <laughs> recent derbies where City should have had a penalty. So, um, you know, I, I'm not, like, advocating that things balance themselves out because I do think it was a penalty, however soft. It is soft, but, like I say, if you make that move, then you're asking for for something to be given against you. Was he ever going to miss? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, you know, it, it wasn't a, wasn't a powerfully struck penalty, I don't think. But I thought he was going to miss it. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he got the he got the corner and Anana dived the wrong the wrong way. So um, <clears throat> yeah, it was. Uh, I think I think he very much enjoyed scoring those goals at Old Trafford. Yeah, hundred percent. We'll get into Haaland in the second half of the podcast, everyone. Um, we're going to be speaking about him because apparently he is the flop, according to many, many opposition fans. We'll see you in a bit. Whether it's the legendary Lionesses, grassroots or expert analysis of the women's leagues, Women's Football News has it all covered. A brand new monthly magazine packed with news, interviews and expert opinion. Don't miss Women's Football News. Pick up a copy today from participating retailers. Women's football is here to stay, and so are we. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody. Before we start talking about Harland, I would like to usher you towards our women's magazine which is going to be out every single month it's only three pound and check more out on our website reachplc.com right Erling Haaland um mentioned just before we finish the act that it's the first act that there's been a lot of people speaking almost about him having a bit of a, an off season in comparison to last is it sort of 11 goals now he's scored I think still the top scorer in the Premier League um, no real competition now. Now Harry Kane's gone as well. Um, I think he's he's getting back to that pomp, isn't he? Not that he was ever off it, but City fans know, don't they? Like, yeah, it, it, it's a weird one because like he has got eleven goals. He probably could have twenty goals. Like he has missed a load of big chances. He's not been close to his sharpest yet. You know, you're perfectly right to say that. Yes, he has got more goals than everyone else. Um, you know, he scored two on Wednesday and I asked Pep about it afterwards in the press conference. I said, you know, is he, does he feel like he's coming into form more? Um, and he was a bit prickly about it. You know, it, that was when he said he's got more goals than people who got the plaudits this season. And um, and then I was sort of, that was a bit odd. Um, and then I sort of like found out that he'd been asked on one of the broadcast interviews if Haaland's form was a concern, so you're like, oh, maybe that's building up and he's thinking that everyone's saying Haaland's rubbish, which, like, nobody is, but it has been notable that he hasn't taken as many chances as he has uh, or as he did at the start of last season. Because I, I looked, because, like, 9-9 nine nine that he did have, now 11-10 in 10 league games, is, like, amazing. It's on course for, like, a record um, to beat his record from last season. But at this stage last season, I think he had, like, 15 or 16 goals um, so he'd made more of an impact last season and we weren't expected as much because he hadn't done it before so he is always going up against his own expectations um, but he is the best finisher in world football and a phenomenal finisher and uh, you know I absolutely loved it about two minutes before the end of the game where City got a free kick 25 yards out and they all huddled round and he was like no I'm taking it and I'm blasting it at goal and they were like no 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 and Pep was like going spare on the touchline he was like no I'm having this you can all leave because I'm I'm taking this free kick and he smashed it into the wall and 
and that was that. But also, he could have gone for goal for his hat-trick when he squared Foden in with 10 minutes to go. So he's still a great team player as well as his, as well as his goals. Yeah, I want to speak about that one. That was arguably the most impressive of the lot, really, just that assist. It was because, you know, like you just said, it proved almost like everyone knew anyway, but it's not just this individual who's once to score 52 and more per, per season. He's a team player and he was a really cute assist as well. You know, he could have bent that in the corner and got his hat-trick, like you were saying, but to, to get Phil in on the act, and then I know it sounds daft, but... The celebration, he just went like that. Yeah, yeah. No, it was great. And um, as well, you know, the celebrations at the end when the fans were singing, he was going over, chanting and uh, punching his arms in the air. Like, he's playing with a smile on his face and he's, like, loving being a Manchester City player and scoring goals for, for City. And, you know, it would be a surprise if he decided to stay forever and end his career at City having broken the Premier League record because everyone knows he's got other ambitions but like all you can ask for is for him to be as happy and as good as he is being whenever he plays for City and he, he looks like someone who is you know like I said absolutely loving it and can't wait for more and it, it is remarkable for him to score so many goals when he is passing up those opportunities to, to score more um, I think he's got three or four, maybe five assists now this season. Um, so, yeah, he's he's contributing to the team even when he's when he's not scoring. But um, And he's also, you know, learning all the time. Both games this last week, United and Young Boys, him and Pep going off the pitch together, been like deep conversations. Um, and it's because he wants to get better and Pep wants to make him better. And, you know, neither manager nor player can ask for anything better, really. Do you think it's for the cameras? Pep talking to him on the pitch, that's what Carragher was saying. Uh, no, no. I, it seems very genuine, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know because I wasn't in on the conversation, but it, it felt like Pep sort of just like said something to him and then he went off and sort of a, a conversation started and they're both sort of, you know, se semi-serious. Um but also Pep can't help himself either, you know, like Nathan Redmond all those years ago and and whatever. And uh, he, he he wants to say things as soon as he's thought them because his his brain is going at like four thousand miles an hour, so he has to get out what he wants to say. He, and he doesn't. He's not really one to go in the locker room always afterwards after a game. He likes to sort of leave that for the players. So it's not like he's it's not like this like view of oh everything gets said in the dress in the in the changing room after the match because. He's got so many media commitments to do and everything like that, but he wants the players to enjoy some space away from him because when he is there, he's intense. So, you know, he often... And he went over to every player and, you know, had a, a hug or a chat with them or whatever. So he, he does he does do a lot of stuff on the pitch. Yeah, I thought that. I mean, I was listening to the, the coverages he naturally do at half-time and it was... Carragher was, it was... It was, you know, there was no subjectivity about it. It's facts that he's doing it for the cameras i thought to myself you know pep as a character is so i need to i need to do it now i need to put this tactical plan in now i need to say something now it is it's it's i, I just I, i'm of the exact same mindset as you he just has to get it out at that moment when it's fresh in his mind and also i can tell you that he doesn't do it for the cameras because he absolutely hates when people then ask him about it you know because he did it burnley first game of the season um and everyone noticed it and the cameras picked up on it and he got asked in broadcast interview then another broadcast interview then another broadcast interview 
And by the time he got to his press conference, the first question was about that. And he was basically like, oh my God, we've just won this game 3-0 and all anyone wants to hear about is some like innocuous conversation I had. Well, because everyone, Harlan, like, because everyone thinks that thinks he's telling Harlan. Yeah, not, yeah, it? yeah. And he might have been, but like you know, if he was doing it for the cameras, he'd have loved it and would like be happy to talk about it. But he absolutely detests when people focus on those kind of things, even though they're really interesting. Yeah, um, was reading match ratings the other day, and obviously Bernardo. We've spoken about him and Grealish. Bernardo, uh, you know, that, that little cohesive partnership was excellent. Both of them individually exceptionally good as well. But Rodri, I mean, we, it's, you, you know, you, you run out of things to say, but once again, another performance and, you know, him coming back into the fold, it's just massive, isn't it? It's just massive. And they're doing what they're doing without Kevin De Bruyne. And obviously there's obviously a conversation of who's the most important player at City. They can still create chances for Erling Haaland, as we've spoken about, and they can still put chances away. And obviously Kev is massively important, but Rodri is just, I mean, they, for me, their game plan, as it always is against C, is to counter-attack. It's to sit in and counter-attack with Rashford, whoever else they've got on the break. But he just negates that, doesn't he? And he was just superb yesterday again. Yeah, I struggle to see a player who looks kind of more in control of what's going on. He just seems to see everything like three seconds before it happens and then act accordingly. And when And when he moves forward, you just kind of... You, you're never in any doubt that he's not going to move the team forward and the ball forward. So, yeah, I mean, he, he obviously won the penalty, but um, there was that kind of like dink over the top for Walker that um, Foden got ahead of that Anana save from. And then, you know, it's his shot for the third goal that Haaland gets the, the ball from. So he's, he's getting more involved in the attack this season and also doing his job. And also helped by having John Stones there. Because Stones, again, like, any time, you know, Hoyland, um, when he ran clear in the first half, it was Stones getting a touch on the ball that um, really put him off. And any time United looked like they were sort of getting somewhere, Stones had come back in. So, you know, it, it's fair to say that City's form has improved with these three wins. But it, I think also you see how, it, how much Rodri and Stones improved this team. With with the players now who are available, in your opinion, is that City's strongest lineup? I think it is, yeah. But I I think um, you know may, maybe Ake at left back rather than Guardiola, but I could but Guardiola is kind of on an upward trajectory, so will get a lot better. Um, I but I think it's also kind of the first time you could say that this season, because um, I mean Stones has been injured for the season, Rodri's been uh, suspended for a bit, but all to players like Grealish like really haven't had that spot nailed down but when you see him play like he did on Sunday or in uh, Switzerland you're like yes he's in the the best 11 all the time and you know Alvarez went a bit under the radar but did kind of a lot of running and a lot of pressing that you know he showed how important he still is to the the team this season yeah I, I, you you see that team and you think yeah they'll they'll be up there at the end of the season challenging for it, it just feels like the the offensive part of the side, it just clicks when, as we were just speaking about the partnerships all over the pitch, Alvarez, like you say, is the workhorse, but can produce more. I mean, it's, it's got a free kick in the first half. Brilliant from dead ball situations, isn't it? But Yeah, and, and really good corners as well, which City haven't always been great at, but he, he's really threatening with corners. Mm, he is, yeah. Um, Edison, what were your thoughts on him? <sighs> 
tremendous. Like I was watching it back last night, and um, if that McTominay shot goes in at the end of the first half, I think it's sort of a very different game. And I actually turned to someone when I was writing, sort of just before that, really, and I sort of said like, for the sake of writing this kind of need City to win it because it's so annoying when City like absolutely dominate a game and it ends up 1-1 one, 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 or the other team wins because you're sort of like well yeah they've lost but they were like the much better teams but but they've lost so they must have been bad but actually they were they were very good but that moment could have been you know the crowd finally get involved for the first time McTominay scores again United get a lift from what they've what they've done and then don't feel the need to be as attacking or offensive in the second half because Ten Hag kind of pushed the dial a bit in the second half and then it, that was the wrong thing to do. Um, but had McTominay scored and also I think before kind of the end of last season really, McTominay hits that shot against Edison and you're not expecting him to save it. But he's improved so much that side of his game that you um, he, he's now like a shot stopper as well as a great keeper with his feet and then he starts the move for the the second goal so at both ends he was a real a real difference maker which is is huge really because like we've said his his distribution has always been epic as we know um i mean he could play for center midfield for most premier league teams i think but it's when city is so dominant and he's not seen any of the ball whatsoever and there might be a counter attack and maybe there's been criticisms laid at him previously where He's not been as focused and as on the ball, but like you quite rightly said, this season there's been a real upgrade in his focus, I felt. Yeah, and I think um, there's just been a feeling in previous seasons that he's not going to save it. And people haven't really minded that uh, most of the time because he is so good with his feet. But now there is a feeling that he will save most things that come his way. And that is, you know, like you say, a real upgrade even with the same player. How are you feeling about City at the minute? Are you thinking, obviously, they sit two points behind Spurs, they're kicking into gear a little bit now, but they've not really been out of gear, have they, since last season? It's been weird. It's a bit because, you know, the, the loss against Arsenal, obviously three losses in four, but it's, are, you, are you feeling a little bit more confident now that City are going to really start doing what City do? I think so. Um, but like I say, I think, you know, the performances have been a bit patchy, but they've been trying to integrate new players. And I think Sunday sh showed the benefit of a team, you know, that knows exactly what it's doing. And that team, if it can stay together for kind of the business end of the season, will go very far along the way towards winning the Premier League and the Champions League again. Well, Kovacic, Nunes... Doku is going to take time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And they're they're placing huge players, aren't they? Yeah, and and there's every chance that any of those players could work their way into the like the best eleven by you know the second half of the season or or anything like that. But I think when you look at that team uh, yesterday, you think if if those players are fit, play them for every big game and you'll win most of it. Mm, I agree. Well, guys, we're going to leave it there. Sai, thanks so much for joining us, mate. Really appreciate it. Um, this has been the Talking City podcast. I'm happy to be back. Can see in your face, happy I'm back, Sai. We're going to be back on Friday with another podcast um, previewing the Bournemouth game at the weekend. So really appreciate you 
sticking by. Make sure uh, you check out our brand new women's magazine, of course, that we were talking to you about a little bit earlier. £3, check out more, reachplc.com. Um, yeah, guys, we're going to leave it there. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel, like, comment, and subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating on all of your favorite podcast providers. I'm seeing you in a bit. Cheers. <laughs>